Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. I'm pleased to introduce to you our ClioCon 2023 mini clips, mini series. I am absolutely delighted to be rejoined on the show by the amazing Jack Newton, founder and CEO of Clio, our proud sponsors of the show. Welcome back, Jack. Great to be here, Robert. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you back on. And we are tuning in live from ClioCon in Nashville. I had the immense pleasure of listening to your keynote earlier today. But the first question was, how are you? I mean, this is an experience that I've never experienced, but how are you feeling right now? Oh, this is uh, one of my favorite days of the year. The two days at ClioCon leave me on a, an absolute high for weeks, if not months afterwards, because I, I just get so much energy from interacting with our customers, our partners, hearing what people are excited about with the product, getting feedback about what they'd like to see yeah. in the future. And I really feel like it's a, it's a collaborative experience of me and the, the rest of the incredible speakers here at, at ClioCon sharing our view of what the future of legal looks like. Yeah. And then all the discussions that happens in the, the hallways and the lobbies of this conference, kind of iterating and building on those ideas. So I feel like it's a, a really creative endeavor, which I get a lot of energy from. We've got 2,500 people on the ground here. We've got another 2,100 joining virtually. So there's just a, there's a real movement around ClioCon. And I'm sure what, what you're talking about in terms of being on the ground for the first time, just an electric energy that permeates every aspect of this conference that leaves me feeling vibrant and excited, even though I'm working off of four hours of sleep last <laughs> night. I'm flying in from the UK. You're running the show for our sleep and we're still doing this. And do you know what? It's really interesting because a lot of people talk about a movie and they hype it up and you go to the cinema and you're let down and you don't enjoy it. A lot of people have been telling me ClioCon is going to be amazing and it's exceeded my expectations oh, from, from, from coming here and experiencing everything you say. So I want to jump into your keynote, which again, I, I think I tweeted earlier today that your keynote last year was one of the best legal industry speeches and talks that I've seen. Wow. Heard, and this year didn't disappoint. So... I like the way you start out. This conference is about reimagining the legal industry and what it can be, seeing legal differently, craving change and how that's coming. And you've backed that up with a lot of product development and yes. a lot of new exciting features. So for people who haven't had the benefit of, of being it, just give us a bit of an overview of what you've been getting up to because there was a lot, and I'm particularly keen to talk about Clio Duo, of course. Yeah, well, maybe we we end there and you know, I'll start off talking about a few of the major developments we've had with Grow and Manage and Lawyer. So with Grow, one of the most exciting feature announcements we had is the Google local services ads for Clio. And this allows lawyers to publish their information directly to Google My Business, make sure they're ranking at the top of that search for the local searches, but and they, they are able to do that without ever leaving Clio. But the real game changer here is these local service ads are ads you only pay for if you capture a lead from that ad. Yeah. So unlike pay-per-click marketing, where, as the name implies, you pay for every click, whether it's a garbage click, whether it's a bot farm in Russia, whether it's a real lead, you're paying the same money for that click. With local service ads, I think it's the solution to this, this old marketing problem where, where people say, I know I'm wasting half of my marketing budget, I just don't know which half. Yeah. So this is... I think a game changer that helps really ease the accessibility of legal marketing and builds it right into your legal CRM, Clio Grow. 
that's one amazing set of features on Clio Grow. We also made a number of really significant improvements to the Clio for Clients mobile app, as well as the Clio mobile app for lawyers that do things like turn your phone into an automatic document scanner. Clio for Clients now supports Spanish as a language you can serve your clients in. And there's over 50 million Spanish speakers in, in North America. So that was something that generated some spontaneous applause from the audience, which was really exciting to see. Uh, if we look to Clio Manage, we've got some really exciting new features like matter stages that lets you track the, the stages that various matters are at in kind of a Kanban store board kind of way. We released our first practice here specific add-on module with support for both legal aid and legal service organizations that are delivering that legal aid. And, and again, really exciting response from the crowd with, with that and a lot of amazing organizations that are going to be able to better deliver justice thanks to our legal aid specific capabilities. The second major announcement around practice area specific work was our entry into personal injury law. Yeah. And again, we're really excited about what we can bring to that space. We're already seeing a tremendous response to that announcement. And, and again, a really exciting post response from a bunch of PI firms that are reaching it, reaching out to us saying, we love Clio. We're excited that you're bringing the power of this platform to our sub vertical within legal. We had some very exciting Clio payments related features. Yes. The, the one I'm really excited about is support both for Apple pay and Google pay and, and digital wallets more generally. And this just, once you pay for something on your iPhone with, with Apple pay, for example, and you see, again, you, you double click that side button, face yeah. ID, hear that great chime, and you're done. It's so seamless. And now when you send a client a bill, paying that bill is as easy as using Apple Pay or Google Pay as the case might be. The related but separate functionality we launched concurrent with digital wallet support for Apple Pay and Google Pay is what's called tap to pay support. And this one is really exciting where uh, you're able to transform your, your iPhone into a point of sale terminal that you pull up again, the, the bill that your client owes you on the, the Clio mobile app, click tap to pay, and your phone transforms into a tap to pay terminal that your client can tap their credit card or, or their own smartphone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android device and pay with Apple Pay or Google Pay. So just some really exciting stuff that's helping reduce the friction around payments and Man, the amount of feedback I've gotten of people that are losing their minds about this digital wallet and tap to pay support is really incredible. But, and I'm, I'm sure you can tell me five things that I've forgotten to mention that I, I talked about this morning, but all of that is kind of the appetizer course to the, the really exciting announcement, which was our entry into AI yeah. with Clio Duo, which is our vision of what a tireless, AI powered assistant that is omnipresent in your Clio practice management platform could bring to bear in terms of functionality and utility. And we're just so excited by this new frontier. I feel like it's the scale of impact of the cloud all over again, if not more, you know, kind of a once in a generation, maybe a once in many generations kind of technological leap forward. And, and, you know, the minute the, the innovation that was happening with OpenAI and ChatGPT, especially GPT-4, became evident to us in the first couple of months of 2023. We got to work on this. Uh, I got in a room with our our CTO and a few other 
key folks formed a very small development team that have run at this problem for uh, basically the last five or six months. And we're really excited with what we've been able to to bring to market in early access form with, with Clio Duo. And I, I have to say, I've loved everything about being here, but the one thing that blew my mind, well, two things, the, the tap to pay. And, and by the way, Jack gave a live example and it, it worked. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. When I saw Clio Duo, I, I, I got excited about now, but like your, the, the future of where that is, and you know, I, I, we've got a lot of huge friends in the industry, Mitch and people who are really in AI and I'm a tech enthusiast, and I can just see that. And even we had Ronnie on the show earlier and he was saying, we're still just getting started with this stuff. And That's it's, right. It's, it's phenomenal. And one quote that landed really well with me during your talk was, lawyers are indispensable. But the caveat being, of course, you're not going to be indispensable if you embrace, and this is the time for That's right. to embrace. What do you say to those lawyers that are still sitting on the fence? Because this is this is real. If, if you don't take the plunge now, you, you basically don't have a business. That's right. I, I think there's a real fork in the road and you're choosing, and I'm, am I going to embrace technology? Yeah. And I'm, am I going to embrace AI and amplify my impact, move faster, move in a more productive way, be more responsive to my clients and deliver justice to more people? Or am I going to take the paths were irrelevance, which is trying to ignore all of these developments that are, that are happening right in, under our, our nose. And I, I think, you know, the, the thing I'm very optimistic about with AI, and, and to your point, I, I said, lawyers are irreplaceable. What lawyers do is fundamentally irreplaceable. What I see AI is doing, however, that's really exciting, is taking the robotic aspects of being a lawyer out of the equation. Yeah. And lawyers often worry about AI being a robot that's going to replace them. But instead, it's actually removing the robot within most lawyers. And I think that's a really powerful thing because what it ultimately allows is, and it sounds almost paradoxical, it allows lawyers to be more human and to focus on what makes them, what Chris Voss was just talking about in negotiation. Like, this is ultimately a human endeavor. And there's just so much of what being a lawyer is today is mundane, it's low stakes, it's yeah. repetitive. And it's the kind of thing when you look at what people are doing and what they're spending their time on, the kind of thing that should be done by technology and will be done by technology in the form of AI. Yeah. The very exciting opportunity this presents, I think, is to, again, overall amplify the impact that lawyers are having to transform how lawyers are doing their work and to allow them to expand their reach and expand their impact by way of delivering legal services in a different and more powerful way. And that is just hugely energizing to me and, and what, what I feel a lot of collective energy and excitement around in the, in the room, in the conference today. You could just feel it. And, you know, I, I've got so much energy. You know, people describe me as quite an energetic person, but I feel like my game was uplifted from just being in that room. And you know, you talked a lot about very, you know, which we've talked about access to justice and it's a real problem and all the work that Clio is doing. And I just want to say, I've been to a lot of the product demonstrations as a non-lawyer, right? You know, obviously I work in the legal world, I have a legal podcast, legal, the product is so easy to use, right? You right. Know, and the integrations between Clio Grow, Clio Manage and how the workflows go. It's, it's I always, I was thinking I was saying to Ronnie, you focused on the 1%, you know, right. it's those 1% that matters. And to pick up on your point, I think really in modern business, there's two things you need. You need human connection and you need to understand the power of community. And we're no longer in this B2B, B2C, it's H to H, human to human connection. Yeah. What you're providing with your services is just nailing that down for, yes. for lawyers. What I want to do is go back a quick step, the journey. 
I know, I know we've had you on the show before. We're not going to get into the, the whole story, but in your, in your keynote, you did talk about where you started and where you've come from. Two people, yourself back in the day with your co-founder, to now a thousand members of the team. Right. And, you know, this 15 years of Clio, how do you feel? You must feel immensely proud of, of yourself and, and the team and fellow Cleons, but just, just tell us from the heart how you feel. Look, I, I am enormously proud of what Clio has become. And it's yeah. like a lot, of, a lot of companies that become successful, a little bit surprising to me that it, it's become such a huge company. When I founded Clio with Ryan back in 2008, I'll be honest, we, we had no ambitions and certainly not even the remotest of, of clues at the time that Clio would grow into a, a thousand person organization, that we'd grow into the largest practice management platform in the world, that we'd be enjoying a customer base of hundreds of thousands of customers across a hundred plus countries around the world. Like to me that if you rewound, if you time traveled back to 2008 and told 2008 Jack Newton that that's what the future held, I, it would just blow my mind. We had very humble ambitions. We we thought maybe this could be a a really a really nice little business that maybe employed four or five people over time, and maybe we could have a couple thousand clients, and that would be that would be great. So I'm just you know I think we we struck a nerve. We I, I'm a big believer in the phrase luck is is good preparation meeting good timing. Yeah, and I think we got the timing right. I think we were prepared as founders to do what it took to scale the business where it is today, which as any founder can testify, it's, it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to, to get there. But to, to answer the question, I, I am just filled with a lot of pride, a lot of gratitude for the people that have helped and supported me and the company along the way. There's a lot of people like you, like the broader legal community that have cheerleaded us from the from the sidelines or, or more directly from the sidelines and ultimately this team like team Clio is just yeah it's a privilege to work with this this team and I I just feel maybe overarching all of those feelings is just a feeling of uh thankfulness that I get to to work with this incredible team and look by the way this entire team is missing Canadian Thanksgiving yeah uh this Monday today that we're recording this podcast at all chose, you know, 180 Cleons are here on the ground celebrating CleoCon and our customers and, and have given up time with their families for, for the opportunity to do that. So ultimately, I think it's a feeling of thankfulness and, and excitement at what is yet to be done. I still feel like we're early innings in this journey, early innings in the transformation we're trying to drive with the legal landscape. And what we've seen with AI just in the last 10 months I feel like we're just getting started on a really exciting next chapter for technology and legal. And well, look, it's a $3 trillion opportunity that you- That's right. You know, that got me excited talking about the latent legal market, which, um, but just to the point about a few of the things you mentioned there, the countries, I was speaking to somebody in the bar on the first night, Costa Rica, who's a fan and user yes. of Clio, you, yes. know, and, you know, from Ecuador to all of these places, you know, that from, like you say, that tiny little idea, but taking action and everything you've done is just unbelievably amazing. I want to come back to a word that links in nicely, actually, to this comp. You talk about gratitude, but one of the biggest pain points within law firms, of course, is getting paid. And yes. you talked a lot about utilization, realization, and obviously collection rates. Yes. And, you talked about, which I hadn't heard of actually, but made a lot of sense to me, is about the Thunberg gratitude curve, yes. curve, right? 
And so if you can succinctly, I know it's quite, you went into depth into the talk, but just tell the listeners about that because the thing is so important about how law firms can get paid and actually increase these rates. And of course, ultimately uh, have better cash flow. Yeah, that's right. Well, let's start with the Thunberg gratitude curve, which is actually pretty straightforward to explain succinctly. I'll try. So imagine a, a bell curve, standard yeah. kind of bell curve. And imagine that bell curve being your client journey. And they start off on that journey at the, the left end of that bell curve, kind of towards the bottom. And they're uncertain. They don't know you as a lawyer. They, they don't know what the outcome for their legal case would be. And they slowly climb up that gratitude curve as they become familiar with you, as you make progress on their case. And then the apex of that curve is when you deliver your work product to them. You deliver whatever that outcome is. It's maybe you help them incorporate their company. You help them purchase that house, whatever the case might be. And then everything falls off from there. They become less and less appreciative over time just because it's fading into the background. It's fading into the blackness of history. Yeah. What's made you the most amazing lawyer on the planet at the peak of that gratitude curve has now faded away to, you know, maybe taking for granted the work you did and they, they're no longer as appreciative. Now, the question is, and, and what Jay Foonberg made the point of saying is, what is the right time to bill on that bell curve of gratitude? The, the obvious answer is at the peak when you are most appreciative you're the best lawyer on the planet. You delivered everything I wanted you to. Let's deliver that bill. The sad reality is that most lawyers actually wait weeks or months, sometimes even longer, after that peak of the, the gratitude curve and are instead invoicing at the minimum of that curve months after you've delivered that legal work product. So, so Jay's recommendation is, is, again, intuitively correct, but it's something that many lawyers don't do, which is bill at the peak of that curve. Yeah. And your clients will be more likely to pay. They'll be more likely to pay quickly and they'll be happier in, in doing so. So it's, and when you look at the data in the legal trends report, and it, again, I'll maybe leave that as a bookmark for us to come back to at some point to talk about more in depth. But when you look at the data, it's really clear that the, the lockup period and the collection rates and realization rates are much longer in the case of lockup and much lower in the terms of utilization and collect, or sorry, realization and collection rates because lawyers wait too long to bill. Yeah. When they do bill, they don't make it convenient enough for clients to pay them. Again, the groundbreaking data we talked about in the Legal Trends Report this year is that electronic payments alone, if you just do one thing, yeah. let your clients pay you electronically and you will be paid twice as fast, more than twice, twice as fast. It goes from 15 days to seven days. So just, you know, mind exploding levels of productivity increases for what amounts to basically flipping a switch in Clio. We talk about other things like, you know, you don't need to do one billing a month. Yeah. You don't need to do this massive lift at the beginning of the month. Bill continuously through the month, through the year, as you complete work for your clients. Use features like being able to sell bill uh, summaries to your clients so they know not just in one invoice, but across all your invoices, what do they owe you? Use email to send your bills, not snail mail. Again, it's yep. surprising how many clients are still sending physical mail to their clients. So this, this whole area of how do you realize more revenue and how do you collect more revenue is something that for the average law firm with just a very minor amount of effort, they could increase their collective realization and collection rates by 10 or 20%. And again, for the average firm, that's 
tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue yeah. that they can capture. And then by doing these things, you're also reducing your lockup period, which means you're increasing cash flow as a byproduct of those enhancements as well. So I, I just think there's so many exciting opportunities for lawyers to optimize the KPIs around utilization, realization, and collection rate to reduce lockup by doing some pretty straightforward things in, in Clio. Yeah. And what, a, you know, this theme this year is amplify your impact and your keynote just hit that nail on the head, point after point after point. And it's very clear with the products that we've talked about that you've released, it's really going to help the law. But, but I think I'm paraphrasing, so I may be wrong, but you really stress the role of technology as a powerful lever for efficiency and output increase. Yes. And I think that it, just, just let that slip a moment because the amount of lawyers that are afraid of technology still, even in 2023, that are just not sure. What's the message? Because that just hits home loud and clear to me. What do you say to the risk averse law firms that aren't adopting technology based on that simple, simple basis about efficiency and output and what everyone's looking to try and do? Well, I, I, I really think it orbits around rather than trying to motivate why you need to embrace technology. I think you can come to it from the other side and say, what happens if you don't? Yeah. And I think what happens when you don't is you're going to be left in a, on a path to irrelevance. You're going to be left in the wake of other lawyers that are embracing technology rapidly, that are becoming more productive and efficient, that are running circles around you in terms of speed. And again, you know, productivity and efficiency sound like kind of to some abstract concepts. But when you look at what a client cares about, they care about how fast can you move? How responsive can you be? And what level of client experience can you deliver to me? And the answer to getting better at all three of those things is technology. So I would say, you know, if you're a lawyer that is five or less years away from retiring and you think you can get away without worrying about this technology thing, that's probably okay. You can probably coast. Yeah. It might feel, you know, a few bumps along the road, but you can get to that yeah. retirement and just punch out. <laughs> yeah. If you are any further than that five-year horizon, especially with AI, because I think AI is going to drive some much bigger macro changes in the industry. For example, I think we're going to see the billable hour finally fail, fade away into the history books. Yeah. There's going to be profound tectonic changes in how legal services are delivered and what clients expect from every lawyer they're dealing with. Things like a client app for example, will become table stakes. Yeah. And again, you don't necessarily need that today to survive. Over the course of the next five years, you will. So if you're not thinking about how do I break embrace technology, you need to be. And the other motivation should be a selfish one, which is it will make your life better. Yeah. It will make your life better. There's a lot of lawyers that are scared of technology and I understand the fear of the unknown. I don't want to dismiss that, but dip your toe into it. Start to experiment with it lean into it. No, embrace even failing occasionally because you won't succeed in building a world-class law firm and in building an environment where you're happy and thriving if you're not embracing technology. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Hence why we're to you, Jack. And <laughs> well, thank you. One thing I want to talk about, because there was so much through the keynote, and I, I would just encourage people to go and check out the eight legal trends report that Clio has produced. Because yes. There was so much in there. We've talked about that, but I want to kind of just pivot. And that's, I'll just point out that's free. So yeah. Google Clio legal trends report. I think whether you're a Clio customer or not, yeah. this is something that, and I say this, even though I've obviously got a, a horse in the race here, 
this is useful content for any lawyer in any practice area, in a, any geography, in a law firm of any size. There are direct lessons that if you're a lawyer, you should be familiar with the findings and insights the LTAR provides. I, I think it's even bigger than just a lawyer. If you're in the legal industry, like yes, myself, you know, absolutely. If, if you're doing anything like, in legal, if you're in legal, that's you can, you can pick it, and there's so much to take. From. That's right. And one of the big topics that you talked about was so important, and me putting my talent hat on before we look to close is people talking about AI is going to take jobs. And I think you explained this beautifully with the accounting example. Thank you. Um, just tell people why they shouldn't be scared, but just the reality of AI and your thought on it. I mean. Talent. The point I made in the keynote, and the, the keynote, by the way, is going to be available on YouTube that people can watch free of charge at some point, maybe by the time this episode drops even. So feel free to, to Google that and watch the full thing for the, the more elaborate walkthrough of my, my thinking here. But the thinking is actually pretty straightforward. And we've been through this story before. There have been many technological revolutions over the course of mankind's history that have shown a pattern over and over and over again. And I believe that pattern will happen again with AI. And that is that these technologies, whether they're the uh, mechanical loom in the 1700s, whether it's the invention of the assembly line for car manufacturing, or whether it's the advent of AI in, in 2023, what's happened with all of these revolutions in the past has been the technologies help the cost help drive the cost of goods and services down. That in turn makes those goods and services more accessible. That in turn drives up demand for those goods and services, which attracts more people that can provide those goods and services. And because the productivity increases that are inherent in that technology have made the marginal value of each additional person in that profession increase, the livelihoods of all the people involved in delivering those goods and services has actually increased over time as well. So this is a good news story. And yeah. when we apply this to AI and legal, what we also need to dispel is this idea of the lump of labor fallacy. And the lump of labor fallacy basically says people think that there's a fixed amount of work to be done. You know, again, whether that's a fixed amount of legal work or a fixed amount of uh, weaving to be done by looms. And technology will take away human jobs if it's embraced. And again, what we see is exactly what I just described. This lump of labor fallacy is incorrect because of all the dynamics I just described. So again, bringing this home to legal, what I believe AI can do is actually have all of those positive effects of lowering the cost of delivering legal services, making them more accessible, thereby expanding the pie for everyone, expanding the total addressable market, allowing lawyers to deliver ultimately more justice to more people, while also dramatically expanding the size of the legal economy and capturing that $3 trillion latent legal market I talked about. So if that's not exciting, I, I don't know what is. And that's what I think the forefront and the future of AI is going to look like in legal. I think it's hugely exciting. And talking of exciting, we can't not talk about ClioCon 2024, because I think 2023 has been amazing. But I understand we're going somewhere new next year. So tell people about it and where they can find out more. And I think there's some early offers as well. Yes. So we're celebrating our second year in Nashville. We make sure that we never get comfortable in a location, though. We keep Cleocon moving, keep it dynamic, keep exposing people to new cities and new environments, and keep ourselves on our toes as well. So next year, we're super excited to pick up Cleocon and bring it to Austin, Texas in 2024. Another thematically similar city to Nashville, maybe more 
great music, more great food, another incredible, lively city that we're uh, so excited for in just over a year. I, I can't wait. And I'd encourage people to follow Cleo on social media, go to the website, find out all the other details. But Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back. I got a real buzz off your keynote and it's just been an incredible experience. So always fun talking to you, Robert. Thank you so much. Over and out. <laughs>